Hey, this is Heath Paget, and welcome to the RV Entrepreneur Podcast. This is episode number eight. Hey guys, I just want to start at this episode by saying I am so grateful that you're here. For the past few weeks since I've started this podcast, we've been hovering in a couple different categories of the new and noteworthy section in iTunes and have received uh, several thousand downloads, uh, which isn't too crazy in the big scheme of things, but for a relatively new podcast, it's huge. And I've just been blown away by people who have emailed me and have told me how much they've been enjoying the shows and listening to them on their way to work while they're driving their RV across the country. And I just want to say that that means a lot to me. And I'm not just saying that because people need to say that they're grateful. I'm saying that because it actually does mean a lot to me. And it humbles me because I've been wanting to start a podcast for a long time. So the fact that it's been helpful, I just wanted to say, you know, thank you for reaching out to me. And, um, you know, if this podcast has meant something to you, then I would love to hear from you in an email or on Twitter, Facebook, whatever. On today's episode, I'm interviewing a couple named Craig and Brianna. They have been traveling around the country for the past two years with their four kids. And while they were already full-time traveling, Brianna launched a virtual assistant company that has become their full-time income while on the road. Uh, Whenever they first got started traveling, they had a savings account, and Craig actually transitioned his job from one location to being remote. And after they hit the road, they realized that Craig working at the table every day while Brianna took the kids out and went on awesome adventures wasn't going to fly. So they wanted to come up with a more sustainable way to travel and have an income uh, that was more flexible and allowed them to really enjoy their lifestyle of travel. So Brianna started a virtual assistant business that has enabled Craig to segue out of that job and allowed them to continue traveling and spend more time with their kids. And in this episode, we'll be talking about Basically why Brianna had the choice of, you know, any kind of business that she could have started from the road and why it made sense to her to start a virtual assistant business and how she went about getting her first client and turning that into something that over time they could build on and, you know, potentially hire more people and really build something meaningful around. So I'm excited for you to hear this episode. Let's get into it. We are live. Hey guys, thank you for joining us. Today I'm with Craig and Brianna, who travel with their four kids and their two furry children, who are also their dogs. And they are really cool and really fun and hanging out in Palm Springs. And they run a virtual assistance company called Virtual Powerhouse that they started in September of 2014. Thank you guys for joining me. Thank you. We're excited to be here and excited to share and hopefully help other people realize their dreams and start living this lifestyle. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, and uh, we were just talking to how you guys are in Palm Springs right now, and we're in the cold weather, and it just... It's so gloomy, and if you live in an RV, there's no reason why you should ever have to be in a place that's not beautiful. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's taken us a couple of years, but we're getting to be able to figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> so there's I want to hear... Go ahead. Were you going to say there's something? American Highway, so you can keep going south. Like, you can just, <laughs> just keep, keep going. going. <laughs> Get to the equator, man. You can do it. I know. I I had... Uh, you guys are... It's, today was actually the first time for me to do two episodes in one day, but I interviewed a guy named Paul... And his family and him, they have four kids and two dogs as well. And they're oh, awesome. on the uh, Baja Peninsula right now in Mexico. Okay. Awesome. Literally parked on the beach. She was telling me that they have all this sand in their RV and that their kids <laughs> literally sleep above them in bunk beds. And so one of his kids got up in the middle of the night and got back in bed and saw that there was sand. And so he started scraping it off and he's like <laughs> getting hit in the face with sand. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're planning on hopefully yeah. doing that trip um, next, next winter. That's our plan. So... 
Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that, that is awesome. So something I'm always interested to hear is right now you guys have been on the road for right at two years or almost two years? Almost. Yeah, May will be two years. Yep. Yeah. Same. So you guys hit the road exactly the same time that we did. And I'm always interested to hear what is that tipping point? Because now you guys are kind of figuring out this nomadic lifestyle. You got your kids with you on the road. You're running a business. But what was the catalyst to jump in an RV and go travel? <laughs> we get that question all the time and to be honest when we look back we're like um I don't know no. <laughs> I mean no really in reality we um are high school sweethearts so we met and started dating before we could even drive so you know we've been dating since then we went to college together kind of you know built our whole American dream idea of building the perfect house and getting two dogs having the kids you know the white picket fence like the whole deal and kind of hit a point then where we were like, okay, we have everything we're supposed to have for the American dream, but there's so many other things we want to do. And all the money we're making and all the time we're putting into maintaining this house and maintaining this lifestyle and going to Home Depot and Target every weekend and spending $100 on who knows what, you know, like it just kind of started to feel like something was missing. So we kind of started talking about different ideas. I actually talked to my sister and her family as well and talked about maybe downsizing and buying a duplex or, you know, doing something like that to give us more of a chance to travel. And then we went out, we, our RVing came up as an option. So, you know, why not? We went out and bought a class C RV to give it a try. I mean, that's what you do, right? You just go buy an <laughs> RV. So we bought and an not RV. Not everybody does that, but yeah, yeah. sure. <laughs> but so we went out and took a vacation in December down to like Northern Florida. And we're from Wisconsin, or it was January. And we're from Wisconsin. So like Northern Florida was like, we were like in, you know, in the biggest heat we could be in in January. So we got there wearing winter coats, but outside all day long, everyone else thought we were nuts. And about six days into it, I called my sister and I said, dude, let's forget the duplex. Let's just do this full time. And she said, yeah, that sounds like a plan. So with them and us together, we kind of started talking about a plan and putting it together. And within, how much was it? A year from then, mm -hmm. we had sold our house and we're pretty much packing up and getting on the road. So that was that. <laughs> That is awesome. So were you guys, I'm assuming the kids are homeschooled now. Is that right? Yep. Okay. Were you homeschooling then as well? Yeah, that was always a plan. So since our oldest, um, Carson was about one or two, um, my parents actually retired school teachers said, you're not putting them in school, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's encouraging for the future of America. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like, okay, let's do some research here. So we were always planning on homeschooling. So that was never like a stopping point. So that kind of really really did open the door to us though to say like okay like now what we have we don't have this school schedule like holding us back what do we want to do with our life so that would definitely made it easier than not having to you know try to decide oh should we take them out of school or shouldn't we it was just never a question they weren't going to be in school so it was just always open mm -hmm. that's amazing there's something to be said about that uh once you realize that there's nothing holding you back like well our kids are homeschooled we can probably find some kind of work or start some kind of business being remote and then you just start researching and reading and then you get on Pinterest and it just kind of it kind of just snows snowballs from there. Or at least it did for us. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. We found a lot of like fun families to follow that were living the RV lifestyle or even world travelers and we're like, Okay, like people are doing this, so we're not the only crazy ones. Like, yeah, we can do it if they're doing it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys left uh, on your blog, it said you left with about 25 grand in savings. And we had, I think, like half of that. But the point is, you basically had like a piggy bank to fall back on, and kind of a runway that you could work on experimenting. Was 
did you guys kind of have a long-term plan? And I feel like it's totally okay if you didn't. We we kind of have like a 60-day plan at this point. But <laughs> what was your idea going into it? Just like we'll give a year and, and see how it goes. And were you planning on trying to start, you know, a virtual assistant business so you guys could keep traveling? Or did that just kind of happen? Yeah, we, we didn't have any time constraints on what we were doing. We were just going to say, let's hit the road. And then, uh, you know, kind of like if we want to stop, we can stop and we have like enough in the bank where we can put down a down payment on a house if we want to change everything. But, um, yeah, we didn't have any plans on like any time, you know, limits on it or anything like that. And you had started your, um, virtual assistant business like uh, before that as kind of a supplement to my income. So it was, it was going to kind of, I was going to slow down my working and she was going to ramp hers up so we can do it more remote and, and location independent. And that's kind of where we're at now. So, so when we first hit the road, um, Craig was working for University of Wisconsin Parkside. So he had like a regular nine to five job that allowed him to go remote. Mm-hmm. So he had to be back every couple of weeks. He had to work a nine to five. You know, there's a lot of restrictions in it. So that kind of was our plan. <laughs> Like, okay, he can do this remote. But then we quickly realized we didn't like him sitting at the table nine to five every day while I was out doing all this cool stuff with the kids. And by the time he was done working, it was getting dark or the kids were tired or, you know, whatever. So he went back to his boss to kind of say, hey, what about going part time or doing something like that? And they were just like, no, you know, this is all we can really do for you. So at that point, we didn't really have a plan besides sitting down and saying like, okay, what else can we do? And that's when we really decided to take the virtual assistant business and kind of take that to that next level. Like let's build that to where he doesn't have to work. So we were able to build it to where in August of 2015, he was able to go in and give his notice at work. And guess what? They came back and said, how about you go part-time for about nine months? <laughs> so moral of that we story like, is give people ultimatums. They always yeah, work. No. Kind of, yeah. It does. But again, we always also felt like we couldn't give that unless yeah. we had something to fall back on. So the fact that they said that just opened the door yeah. for us to have some other opportunities and things like that. So we are lucky enough. He's still with his, um, his company and he'll be with them until the end of June. So to say that we're not nervous about the end of June coming would be a lie because we're always have been salaried people. So like we're kind of used to like that lifestyle, but um, the virtual assistant business, we've continued to grow it and have to say like hands down by taking this risk and going for it. We have seen so many doors open and so many opportunities that had we just sat back on his job or sat back in a house, we never would have even realized like these things were out here. And not to say that there aren't people that live in a stick and bricks that can figure these things out. But for us, like we need to kind of that kick in the butt to say like, okay, like you're out of the house now. You don't have all these things restraining you or holding you back. Like just go for it. Like make it happen. And I mean, we're pushed out of our comfort zone like every day in multiple ways, but we've seen like so much come from it that we just think it's amazing. And I keep telling people like, check back with us in a year. We'll let you know if we made the right decision or not. (laughs) Well, you guys seem happy. You seem like it's working out so far. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it definitely is not. And we like to be very upfront with it. It is not all rainbow and sunshine by any means. It has not made parenting any easier than being in a stick and brick. It has not made like less stress on our life. It has not done any of those things. But when we stop and see everything we've accomplished and everything we've done and how much we've grown as people, like we wouldn't change a thing. Yeah. Yeah. We've kind of seen like the, like the highs of this life are so high and the lows are very low. So it's kind of like a, just an extreme way of living. And we kind of take the better, you know, and 
kind of deal with the worst parts, but <laughs> we're having fun. So yeah, and we like that part of it that it kind of does that to you. Like it, it, we're not living like kind of that straight line life anymore. Like it's definitely like hi hi oh, hi. You know, it's yeah. definitely a roller coaster. But we also think like that's kind of what life is about. So yeah. we like it's that better part. than a numb middle, right? Exactly, right. Yeah. and so and it's so easy to fall into that numb middle, and not even know you're doing it, and then to break out of it is so difficult. As mm-hmm. you guys know, we know. I mean, it just it is. So we're we're excited about it, but we're don't get us wrong. We're nervous and we're scared and <laughs> we're faking it till we make it. <laughs> well, I want to I want to dive into the virtual assistant business and of all things, why that and how you got started in that. But before that, I just want to hear real quick, what would you say are the highs and lows of what you guys are doing right now? Or just maybe one instance of a high and a low? Yeah, really. It's just, I mean, experiencing all these new things with our kids and with our as a family. Um, it's just amazing. And just to like think of in the future, having these memories that we built with them growing up and, and not them remembering me as, as a dad that went to work all day and comes home at night and plays catch in the backyard or something like that. No, we're out kissing dolphins and we're, we're, <laughs> eating, we're sloths. eating sloths and stuff like that. So it, that's what we did today. <laughs> yeah, so it, That's awesome. It's just really building that kind of rad lifestyle, you know, and living it. So. Yeah. And then the, the lows really become more just the stresses, as anyone with an RV knows, of moving day yeah. or of something going like unplanned, you know, or the kids being sick in an RV or, you know, like those type <laughs> of things. And then also the one of us, the biggest lows, which which always makes us question what we're doing is leaving friends and family behind. Like it is like, so like we're like bawling, leaving my sister and her family in Yellowstone. Like, why are we doing this to ourselves? What the heck? Like if we were just in our house, they live 10 minutes from us. We saw them all the time. So, you know, those type of lows. And I'm one of those people like, I want to make myself happy, not sad. Why am I making myself sad? But again, then you get past it and you realize all the, again, those highs and the benefits and everything. But that's definitely for us one of the biggest lows. And I don't think that'll go away. It'll continue to be there. So, yeah. yeah. Do you feel like you guys have been able to replace any of your just friendships or community while traveling? You know, we've found friendships that we've made, but as you know, as you're moving from place to place, like people don't just follow you, you know, so you may make a good friendship and then they end up on the West Coast and you're yeah. on the East Coast and you know, all of that. And, and we were lucky and I don't think we realized how great of a friendship base we had when we were back home. I think we felt like, oh, we'll find cool people like this around the road too. And we have, there are ones we found, but like we had such awesome relationships back in Wisconsin that we definitely haven't replaced those and you can't replace family. So, yeah. you know, that will always be there. But yeah. Yeah, we've definitely met some really cool people and made some good friendships, but haven't found anyone yet who said, we'll just take along with you guys. Where are you going? We'll live your, and we're not planners. So like, oh, we'll live your lifestyle. We'll just follow, not know where we're going to be next week. We're good with that. Like, no. That's so funny. It's, it, we've been, like we already mentioned, we've been on the road for almost two years now and we're having our first friends that we've met up on the road where we're actually meeting up at a national park just to hang out for a few days, like in yeah, next awesome. month. And it's just one of those things where I think people imagine people who live in RVs and you're constantly outside roasting s'mores or, yeah. you know, <laughs> but no, it's not, it's not always like that, but I yeah, want to, we did meet a couple of families that we did travel with for extended times, like literally for like six, seven weeks at a time. And it was, it was awesome, but that has its own challenges in itself too. So you hit a point where you're like, all right, like we need our family time. <laughs> But again, it was like an endless summer for the kids. So it was amazing. <laughs> that is super cool. I want to I want to talk to you guys now about your virtual assistant business, virtual powerhouse. What made you want to start that up? Was it just, you know, like of all the businesses that you could have tried to get started on the road? Obviously, that would make sense. I've we've met some other people who have done the virtual assistants work while traveling. But why that? 
Yeah, it was kind of like just looking for different opportunities that we could do on the road. I had been running a Dove Chocolate Discoveries, which is a direct selling business for about five years before we left and I had done really well with it. So I kind of learned some things, but knew it was going to be hard to take that on the road and really just researching, you know, different jobs and came across the virtual assistant as an option and actually signed up for a course through um, Virtual Miss Friday that I took that kind of laid it all out for me and really taught me about it. And to be totally honest, like, I'm like, what skills do I have to provide to businesses? I don't know, but there's like a hundred things a virtual assistant can do. I got to be able to figure something out in this realm. So I kind of just jumped in and went for it. And even when I got my first few clients, it was kind of like having to just piece together the type of work I was going to do and just get started. And then now since then, since it's been over a year and I've been like working it out, I definitely have a much more solid picture of the services I want to provide and things I want to do. But I think it was the virtual assistant business just truly being that there were so many different routes you could go with it, that it was just going to really leave the door open to what, you know, ended up working for me or what I enjoyed doing. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that was pretty much what it was. No real <laughs> rhyme or reason, but <laughs> had to do something. So I just went for it. <laughs> yeah. For, for anybody who doesn't know what a virtual assistant business is, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory in the name, but can you kind of just quickly break down what like the logistics of a job like that is? Yeah, and it's it. I get asked that question. It's very hard to answer because it literally can be a hundred different things. So it can be doing data entry for people. It can be doing um writing blog posts for people. It can be doing copywriting. It can be doing social media. It can be doing email checking. It can be doing cold calling. I mean, it's really any type of assistant, you know, type of work that a business is looking for. Um, I really don't like the term virtual assistant. I call myself a virtual team member. So I'm a team member. So I'm not the way I look at the role is like, I'm not someone coming in to be like your person that runs and gets your coffee. Not that I can do that virtually, but you get it. You know, that, that idea, like that's not what it's about. I'm, I want to come on to people's teams and I want to be a part of their team and help them realize places where maybe I can help them that they hadn't thought I could. Or if I see a place in their business where I could help them do more, give them ideas, I want to provide that. So I really want to be like truly involved in their business. But again, it literally can be, think of any type of small business that's out there and all the hundreds of things they need to do in their day. Look at any of those things that can be done virtually on a computer without having to be sitting next to a person and a virtual assistant can do that. Yeah, that's awesome. And what, how did you go about getting your first few clients for that business? Like not having yes, any base? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not having anything behind me, right? Um, so when I went through the training, I kind of realized I liked the idea of social media. That definitely st- stood out to me. Like I thought I would enjoy that. So I wanted to do it. So I put together a PDF document that basically said, here's the services I can provide. Um, social media work, some newsletter work, you know, some other just random things I put together. And actually, it was just through friends. So it was reaching out to a friend whose husband had a small business and saying, hey, do you think he'd be interested in me doing work for him? She's like, yeah, he's been looking for someone to do his social media. So I reached out to him and I actually offered to do my services for free for the first 30 days. And what I liked about that is that that gave me the opportunity to have my first client without feeling this pressure that they were paying me for not <laughs> knowing what I was doing. <laughs> I love so I said, it. okay, let's get started for free for the first month. If you're happy with the work I'm doing at the end of the 30 days, we'll talk about you paying me for the next month. So I was very upfront with saying like, this isn't going to be free for long. You got 30 days, you know, of me for free yeah. and then we'll come there. So that was really how I got my first client. And from there, it really snowballed, you know, through referrals and things like that. And then I actually joined B-School with Marie Forleo. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard of B-School before or not. I joined that um, just about a year ago because they're just re-enrolling right now for this year. 
And um, that really then kind of catapulted my business um, to that next level. But offering services for free is is what got me in the door, but only for 30 days. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. I think that's that's such a great way that most people don't even think of. I think there's a pride associated with like giving away stuff for free. But it's so nice because think of all the scenarios where you go to college and you pay people to teach you. In this situation, you're... Well, you're not technically you're not getting paid yet, but you will be getting paid for something while you're learning, which is which is awesome. Yeah, no, and that's exactly. I mean, to be honest, this whole experience has been that people are paying me as I continue to learn for them. <laughs> yeah. You know, the work I do for them every day that I'm doing it, I'm getting better and better and better at it. And again, it's just allowing me to just open the door to more and more clients, and it's also allowing us to um, turn that knowledge into helping us with our travel blog, mm -hmm. which we're trying to monetize as well, and really pushing hard mm -hmm. to grow that blog and you know do a lot with it. So the combination of the two of those together has been. Again, we planned this all out, yeah, but um, <laughs> we did not plan it all out, but it's really worked out to be that way that it's helped us in um, you know, multiple ways. So, Yeah, it's super interesting. Uh, talking about the like trying to monetize your, your, your travel blog, I've seen a lot, you know, there's a ton of travel blogs just generically out there. And then there's other, there's international travelers, family travelers, and then RV travelers. And there's all these segments of people. And a lot of our friends are in the... I guess you call them online marketing, you know, people like Marie Forleo and things like that who have courses and are authors and things like that. And a lot of those people have, you know, their paid courses and their eBooks and their affiliates and things like that. But from a lot of the RV bloggers I've talked to, that's a lot of that stuff is not happening yet. And I'm wondering if that's potentially just because the industry is a little bit older and um, some of the companies don't even know what affiliate links and things like that are. You know, mm -hmm. I have an affiliate link through Passport America because we use them. Does mm -hmm. Thousand Trails have a affiliate membership? I don't know if they do or not. We haven't even yeah. gone down um, that path. We really, our focus with our travel blog has been family travel. We've kind of steered away from the RV family segment and we continue to go back and forth between, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Or, you know, should we or shouldn't we? So it's obviously RVing is a huge part of our life and that will always be part of our blog. But we wanted to stay family travel just because eventually we want to go overseas. I don't know if we'll bring an RV with or not, you know, how we'll travel that way. So we really kind of open the doors to ours to keep it as family travel. But I totally agree with you. Like we have three, no, well, two courses in the mix right now, a potential t-shirt business. We have like a lot of other things going on. So when you talk about monetizing your blog, yes, we're not talking about monetizing just our website. We're talking about monetizing in ways like you're talking about affiliate links, courses, mm -hmm. a t-shirt company, you know, different kinds of things out there. And I think that confuses people. I know it confused us in the beginning, but again, just being in this online world with the virtual assistant work through Marie Forleo, um, we're currently being mentored um, by Y Travel Blog, which is one of the largest family travel blogs in the world. Um, kind of seeing what all of these different people are doing, again, has opened so many doors for us that we didn't even know were out there. <laughs> Yeah, it's hard to monetize a website. I yeah. mean, I mean, you have to show up for a certain period of time, provide a ton of value for people mm -hmm. and create a lot of trust. There's a, a girl named Michelle who uh, has a website called Making Sense of Sense and it's yeah. a financial blog. Yep. Yep. And she's part of our, our Facebook group and I've talked to her quite a few times and she did a guest post on my website just about her process. And if you've never heard of Michelle, she has an amazing blog. Oh no, we, but... did. we reached out to her and said hi and she has said hi back to us. So we like, totally like try to act like we're bigger than we are. We're like, oh yeah, we got a blog too. We're like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, she she just uh, 
like I look at something like her and I think she's like super achiever status. Yeah. She posted her financials, not in like a corny way, but just kind of being yeah. transparent because I she blogs about her finances. <laughs> and it's like 300,000 for last year. And not just, a, not that that's everything, but like that's really cool that you're able to make that through your blog. And I know a lot of that is through Bluehost affiliate. Yeah. Um, yep. I know that's how Pat Flynn. That post. <laughs> What is it? We've talked about writing that post, how to start your blog and get our Bluehost affiliate going and doing all that. Because we keep seeing that that's a big one that people definitely have a lot of success with through the affiliates is the Bluehost. So yes. even like actually, Flynn, like he does well with that one. Like, yeah, all those online people. <laughs> I actually made my first recurring affiliate payment, like uh, made it today through ConvertKit, which is awesome. my email marketing provider. So I'd recommend that. Okay. So awesome. um See, I'm not even good at it yet. I, all I said was just like this corny pitch. I mean, I just have, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> I, zooming out for a second real quick. I want to ask you guys, this is my second time to ask this question, but I kind of like it. It's a little corny, so just go with it. What does success look like for you guys in this lifestyle? For each of you with your family and your traveling and your work, what does that look like for you? Yeah, no, I think for me, it's really just being able to be a dad all day, you know, and not just when I'm home from work, you know, being with them, experiencing these things all day and all these new adventures that we go on, just being with them and being there for them um, and kind of thinking about like the financial part after that, you know, like when when I die, I want to be remembered as a good dad and, and a good husband and, and not necessarily like a uh, someone who had a lot of money, you know, because that's just not me. So that's that's really what what success is for me in this is just being around with the kids and, and just being the true dad that I want to be. Yeah, and I think I definitely go hand in hand with that. We've obviously talked about this as a couple, but our big goal in doing this was all about deepening our family bond. And like that to us is like number one and key is not letting our kids get to be, you know, 25 and 30 and us look back and go, oh, we wish we would have spent more time with them. You know, that was always key to us is how can we spend more time with them, quality time with them? How can we build relationship respectful both ways that when they are 25, 30, 30 that they're going to want to be around us. They're going to want to be our friends. They're going to want to continue to hang out with us. And that has always been the key to what we see as being successful. And then also just, and I know happy is so subjective, but that idea of just being happy and just being in a place where we're content and where like we feel like we we are the people we want to be that someone else isn't trying to tell us who we are supposed to be so that it's in our control and we're able to meld ourselves in the people we want to be on our own our own free will our own you know decisions being made so kind of that all going hand in hand with the idea of just family being most important and our relationship being most important between Craig and I and then just us as people so the financial stuff will come you know that that's all has to be part of it I get it but (laughs) It'll come. It'll happen. It's again, just always. And we're not saying it's easy because there's times we work too much. We're not with the kids enough. We don't focus on them, number one. So it's a continuous work in progress. But I feel like we have made giant leaps and bounds from where we were, you know, years ago and, you know, having it be our top priority day in and day out. Yeah, I, I think. Do you think that just being in an RV literally has forced you guys to become closer? <laughs> um, yes and no. Well, it it does because you know the space is so small. <laughs> but even when we were in our house, which was like three thousand square feet, the kids were still within like an arm's reach of us. <laughs> yeah, pretty much all the time. You know. So. Yeah, we grew. We um with the kids like since they were born, we've attachment parented. So it was breastfeeding, it was um bed sharing, it was baby wearing, you know, all that type of stuff. So we've always been very 
close knit, but it was just that idea of getting into an RV. And like, I think it's that idea of like experiencing so many new places together where we're seeing it for the first time. The kids are seeing it. They're like, mommy, what does this look like? I'm like, I don't know. I've never been there either. You know, things like that have deepened our relationship definitely in different ways. And also good or bad, the kids not being in school has allowed their relationship as siblings to grow farther than kids who are in school who are separated from their siblings all day. And then also with us as parents too, because we're the prime adults in their life, you know, not a random teacher, which teachers are great. My parents are retired teachers, lots of teacher friends. They need, we need them. They're awesome. They do a great job, but we're just lucky to have this situation where, you know, it's on us and and we can, you know, be the people they see day in and day out. So yeah, I can only imagine the experiential learning that they're having right now, just from being able to see all of these things firsthand. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, we're going to put you guys in school so you can realize how good you have it. <laughs> yeah, you'd be looking at these things in a history book or a science book, and instead you're getting to feed, what was it, the slugs? The sloth. The sloth. Oh, the, oh, a sloth, like yeah. Sid the sloth, like off Ice Age. Yes, right. yes. Exactly. That is awesome. That's way cooler than slugs. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, but that was that was a big thing when we went on our first trip in our little class C, we were down like on the Gulf Coast and we did a couple Civil War forts. And I was like, man, we read about these in school. You guys are here in them. And it was just a really like eye opening moment for me just to say, like, we're lit. We're in history right now. We're we're living in it. Mm -hmm. So it's very cool. (laughs) That is awesome. I want to just I know we're kind of jumping back and forth between the travel and the business part of what we're doing, but I think that is kind of fun. What would you say if somebody was trying to figure out how they can, I want to say, use your language and say bridge this lifestyle or try to segue into this lifestyle of traveling and they're interested in doing it? Maybe they have a job because you guys have, I want to say smooth transition, but I'm sure there's been a lot of hiccups that people don't get to see, you know, but what would you advice would you give for somebody who is looking at this lifestyle saying that sounds like fun? I have a family or maybe I don't have a family, but it just sounds like an interesting type of way to live my life. What kind of advice would you guys give them? Well, I think that one of the key advice for how we did it, and um, this is going to sound funny, but like we're not risk takers. Like we're not like I would not categorize ourselves as risk takers. Yes, we're living this life. We're doing crazy things. But before we did it, I mean, we left with with Craig having a nine to five job, like like insurance, like the whole deal. The funny thing was with with his job, not one other person at his company worked remote before he went remote. Not one person. So he was the first one to go into his boss and kind of say, Hey, I got this crazy idea. What do you think? (laughs) Do you think I could work remote? You know, do you think we can make this happen? And he had to go all the way up to the top, top, you know, chancellor of the university and everything like that. But that idea that you'll hear people say like, oh, my job would never let me do that. You don't know that your job would never let you do that. Sure. If you're someone like a baker, like you have to physically be there baking stuff. Like I I understand like that's different. But if you have a baking skill, you can start a YouTube channel or you can do, you know, something else with it online. But again, just that idea of thinking like there are a lot of jobs out there that can go remote that maybe you'll just have to be the the first person in your company to, you know, make it happen. So I definitely say to always look internally first to what you're already doing and see if you can possibly change that into something remote. Or like in our case, Craig could be away for the first three weeks of the month and then the last week we'd be back in Wisconsin. Then it became eight weeks and then we'd be back for a week. So that idea too, like we gradually grew into it, which was also an awesome way for us to kind of learn how to live this lifestyle. So we always say like, you know, always ask, you know, think outside of the box. You don't have to do what everyone else does. Um, So definitely keeping that in mind. And then the second thing is 
it's there is no simple formula for it. You just have to be willing to take a leap, you know, and willing to put yourself out there. When I reached out to that first client for the virtual assistant business, I had absolutely no clue what I was doing. But if I didn't start, I never would start. So it was that idea of just putting myself out there and kind of having to like put down that fear of like, what if I do a horrible job? What if they don't like me? What if they're not happy with me? Just having to like shut that all down and just move forward with it. So if you have an idea in your head, just get started. And if the idea will look different in one month, it'll look different in six months, it'll look different in a year. <laughs> but if you don't get started, it'll never look different. It'll always just be this idea and this thought and you won't ever progress through it to get it where you really need it or want it to be. So I think just starting is always key in everything that we've done. Like that's the biggest hurdle, get started. And then once you've got started, then you'll stumble a few times and fall over and do whatever, but you'll always be gradually progressing forward. So, but until you start, you can't move forward. Alyssa and I were having this conversation about what you were saying, just getting started. You know, if somebody was in one place and maybe they were trying to start a business on the side of their job so mm -hmm. that they could build up and transition from doing that and then maybe get on the road. How do you feel about somebody doing that versus actually just what you guys did jumping in? and then trying to get something started while traveling. If you don't have kids, I say, go for it. More power to you. <laughs> now, yeah. with kids, I'm not going to say it's not possible, but you have to kind of balance that too. You know, that idea of the time they'll be taken away from your kids and everything like that. But when we did decide for my virtual assistant business to become kind of our primary income, I mean, I, in Yellowstone, where we had no internet, I was working from midnight till five in the morning and then getting up at eight in the morning to go be a mom, you know, with the kids. So the reality of it is, yes, you can definitely do that, but just be prepared for the commitment you're making and then maybe go out and buy a bunch of paper plates and paper cups and frozen pizzas and know that you're going to have to like set some things aside that you won't be able to continue to live your same lifestyle in all different aspects as you're trying to build a business on top of working a potential other full-time job. But of course, we would hands down say, yeah, of course, start it when you're doing your full-time job. There's no reason that you can't and that you shouldn't. Just be prepared for what that means. Yeah. Right now, is that a typical day for you? I mean, how many hours are you doing for your virtual staffing? I mean, virtual assistants. Yeah, no worries. Um, yeah, our goal is for both Craig and I to work 20 hours a week. So um, with my virtual assistant business, I'm probably pretty close to that. And we really want to strive hard to keep it there. Um, the blog takes a lot of time right now. Yeah. <laughs> so that on top of it, we're definitely probably working more like at least 30 hours mm -hmm. a week each, you know, something like that. And our day really depends on what we're doing. Like today we were gone all day. So when the kids went to bed, we'll work. There's nights we're up till again, two in the morning, three in the morning, you know, working just because that's, that's just when the time is available. So um, not saying you have to do it that way because we know other families that don't do it that way and kind of work more of a typical schedule. But for us, it's just, when the kids are sleeping is like, especially me when I work best, everyone's sleeping. I'm not missing anything. They're not missing me. And then if I'm exhausted the next day, like it just is what it is. So <laughs> that's why they make coffee. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, last question. And then I want to kind of do a quick Q and a, and I'll let you guys go. If you were just to give a little bit of advice for somebody who's trying to start up a virtual assistance business, what would you tell them? I know you said, jump in, try work for free, you know, that has helped you succeed in it. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Um, Yeah, I think doing the training initially was very helpful to me. So doing that virtual Miss Friday training, so doing finding some type of training, some type of book you can read, something that's going to give you guidance if you if you like to have that, you know, add your background before you start. I will put a link to that in the show notes so Perfect. people can find that school. Yeah. Perfect. 
Um, so yeah, so I definitely, you know, recommend doing something like that. But then in the other hand, it really just comes down to, <laughs> it's like this whole, I, th- I know there's a word for it, like that idea of like feeling like I'm supposed to be this expert at something and like, I still don't feel like I am or like, I'm supposed to be like, know all these answers for it, and like, I still don't. So I think it's just getting over the fact of like, you're never going to be a hundred percent prepared. So if you want to start something call your first 10 potential clients and just tell them, Hey, this is what I'm doing. I'll do it for free or I'll charge you X amount. I'll change that next month. Like just, just start. (laughs) I know it's not as easy as that and it's not as easy as that, but when it comes down to it, it it really is like just find that (laughs) first client and get started. And then that's what you need to do to get the ball rolling is get one client. And then before you know, it'll be two clients and then three and then four, you know, and it will continue to grow and you'll learn and you'll figure out what else you need to do. But yeah, I think it really comes down to one, get that first client and two, fake it till you make it. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Just a few questions to wrap up. What do you guys use for internet while you're traveling? So we have a uh, Verizon, we have a hotspot, but we have a Verizon um, unlimited plan. So Oh, okay. Are you grandfathered into that? Yeah, we were lucky enough to have a grandfathered in plan. So, you lucky like, dogs. It's the envy of our RV friends, you know, <laughs> like they all mooch off of our Wi-Fi if they can. So, it's always, Oh, for yeah. sure. I'm looking into, uh, I keep hearing more and more about being able to buy a unlimited data plan from Verizon on like eBay or something. It yeah. sounds really sketchy, but I'm really tempted. Yeah, yeah, you should. I mean, there there are other ways that you can do it now. You can even like lease them from people. Mm-hmm. So you don't actually take ownership, but you still get the unlimited. Um, yeah, it's hard because with an online business, like you're so dependent on internet and you don't want to have a limit because, you know, Friday and Saturday come along and Netflix is calling your name. <laughs> I know. You got to catch up, you know, so. Yeah, we got to watch our DC shows. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Have you guys figured out healthcare while you're traveling? Well, Craig had it through his work. So we currently still, I still do. Yeah. Right now, so. so at the end of June, we will have to do that. But um, we're currently in the process of becoming Florida residents. So our plan is to go through the state of Florida mm-hmm. and do it through them. Um, part of what we're trying to, I don't know if you want to call it play the game or whatever, is like we're not making a ton of money right now for the amount of people we have in our family. So our insurance isn't going to be anything crazy for that reason. So what we've looked and researched at, it looks like it should be about $500 a month for our family at where income is currently at. So that will just do it straight through the state of Florida and, again, learn as we go. (laughs) Yeah, the way insurance is right now, I just feel like Alyssa and I should start having kids so we can just save money in general because it seems cheaper. Yeah. With families. And y'all's monthly budget right now, what does that look like? Y'all are spending wise, just on average. Budget? What? No. <laughs> just kidding. Um, our goal is for that to be around like $4,000. Um, that's again, hit or miss, but we do have the RV payment. We have a car payment. So we do have those two payments as well. And then um, that doesn't include health insurance right now, but that includes groceries and, you know, obviously gas and campground fees and going out and doing things and stuff like that. So we're trying to keep it at 4000 would really like that to be even lower, but um. We might have to stop drinking beer and wine if we want it any lower. I don't know if that's going to happen. So. There's plenty of $3 wine that you guys can get at Walmart. That's what yeah, we run off of. I $6 one. I don't think I can go to three. No, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, we usually do like the six now too. It's the second you know, second cheapest is where we yeah, kind of like to hover. Exactly. Exactly. Not the screw top, but. <laughs> and you're like, oh, this is good. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, some of them are really good. And there's an app. Do, y'all have, do you guys have a Delectable? I think it's a wine app where you can keep track of them. So oh. you just take a picture and it kind of scans in so you can know what wine you got for the next time. Oh. It's pretty cool. I'd recommend it. We just always uh, get the same one. We're kind of boring like that. But yeah. No, we pretty much app. do too, if I'm being honest. <laughs> uh, you guys bought a Class A after getting a Class C. What was the logic behind that? Uh, well, we were looking for a little more power and kind of dependability with the engine. So I was looking for a diesel pusher. Um, so that's what we went with. We also wanted something that would fit our family full time as well as like all of our stuff that we had left over from whatever we took from the house. Um, so this one that we had has four slide outs, so it, it has plenty of room inside. It has tons of basement storage, so we had plenty of room for our stuff. Um, so that's what we were, we were looking for that, you know, mainly, but, um, but we're getting ready to downsize. Yeah, that's our plan. We want really? to downsize from going. 39 feet and four slide outs to about 27 feet and one slide out is our, is yeah. our plan. So we oh, got to make man. that happen. What kind of rigs are you guys looking at? Um, we keep looking at kind of class C's. We've even looked at some class B's trying to see if we could potentially do that <laughs> wow. with our family, but, um, class C's or also a short class A are still kind of yeah. in the look. So. Yeah, we're yeah. really looking to kind of be more agile with how we travel. Um, with We're almost at 40 feet with this rig, so we run into some you know limitations on what campgrounds and what campsites we can get into, uh, mainly with state parks and some national parks. So, And those are some of our favorites, so we want to be sure to fit into any of those. Well, and with a big rig like this, too, like it's like you get from one campground to the other campground. You don't stop in between if you don't have to, you know. And <laughs> yeah. And we'll pull into a Walmart parking lot. Fine. Yes, we've done that multiple times. But other than that, it's like you don't want to stop if you don't have to. And we really want to be able to have a rig that, like, if we see something cool on the side of the road, like we can just pull over and park in their parking lot and go and do it. And we don't have to worry about, you know, if it says <laughs> semi trucks allowed or not. Or <laughs> yeah. You know? So that's part of the reasoning behind it, too. And then if we go down to Mexico, like, you know, just feeling potentially safer and something smaller just less of a target on our back <laughs> and that idea so it's kind of our thought process behind it but again we haven't done it yet we haven't pulled the trigger we keep going in circles about it so we'll see if you know anyone looking for a 39 foot class a with four slide outs though and uh six <laughs> beds in the back let us know <laughs> i'll send them wow six beds that's crazy uh, i will let them know well thank you guys so much again for for taking the time putting the kids to bed and, and joining me on the podcast i really appreciate that no, thanks for having us. And we think everything you guys are doing is, is awesome. We looked at both you and your wife's site, and it's just like, oh, my gosh, they're so cool. They're yeah, doing so many yeah. cool things in the whole 50 states and all the different jobs, and we can't wait to see the documentary. So you guys are doing amazing things also, so it's really cool. Yeah, yeah well, we should hang out sometime. We're, we're planning on spending, trying to spend like a month in Florida this summer. Good. In the, okay, summer, in the summer? It's too hot here. Well, I'm, I take that back. <laughs> April. Okay, okay. 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 Don't go too far <laughs> south, though, or you'll be sweating. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks again, guys. All right. All right thanks. thanks Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in. And if you want to check out the show notes from this episode and some links where you can find Craig and Brianna on social media or on their website, head on over to my blog at heathpaget.com forward slash episode number eight. And that's episode spelled out and then the number eight. So you can just find all the links and everything that we mentioned over there. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I hope that you've been enjoying this podcast. Obviously, you have if you've been listening. And 
If you haven't already done so, I would love a review from you in iTunes. If you've ever listened to any podcast, you probably hear the host ask for some type of review at the end of the show. The reason why is because leaving a review in iTunes for a podcast basically is like gold. You know, I check those things more than I'd like to admit. And the simple fact is that each one that gets inserted in there allows more people to find the show because iTunes ranks it higher. So if you think these podcast episodes have been valuable for you, I would encourage you to take 60 seconds, go over to iTunes, um, make sure you're logged in, click on ratings and reviews at the top of the page, and just leave a review. I mean, it would go a really long way. And, um, you know, I'll give you a virtual high five and a beer in person. You know, you can take me up on that. It's true. (laughs) Anyway, on the next show, I will be bringing in some really awesome guests who, if you've been poking your head around in the RV space for some time, you have probably heard of the team over at Technomadia. Technomadia is run by Cherie and Chris, who have literally written the book on mobile internet and staying connected on the road and have had an epic 10-year career while traveling full-time in their vintage bus conversion. They've launched mobile apps, started a successful membership site, and advised several tech startups in the RV space. And that's on the next episode of The RV Entrepreneur. I'll see you there.